that, that comes from you. God, we know, that, uh, we know that we have every good and perfect gift because of you and, and you're good. And so God, we pray this morning that, um, that, that everything that we've already experienced so far, that you would use that in a way that only you can. Um, that you would speak directly into our hearts through the, the, uh, the message of, of the kids that they brought to us here this morning. Thank you for your presence in this place. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, doesn't it always seem like we're in a rush like that? Doesn't it seem like every year that it just seems to get busier and busier and busier every year? The rushing here and there, the, the shopping and the buying of presents, the wrapping of said presents, the unwrapping and subsequent rewrapping of those presents because you weren't supposed to unwrap them before Christmas Day. Is that just me? No, I'm sure there are other present shakers out here. You're in church. Don't lie this morning. I was a notorious present shaker as a kid. I got to tell you guys what. Um, my, my older brother and I, we had this method, and I'm sure that I've shared this with you before. So kids, stop your ears up. This story is only for the parents. Um, we, we, had like a, we took like a tea kettle and put water in the tea kettle and steamed the adhesive on, on the tape so that it didn't rip the, the paper. And so we could you know, easily kind of get in there and see. My parents eventually like wisened up and they stopped putting our names on things. But Johnny and I were smart. I mean, like we knew, we knew what was, we knew what was what, we knew what we asked for. Um, when we didn't get it on Christmas morning, I just assumed that Johnny switched the uh, name tags on, on things. Uh, a few years later, uh, he called me up uh, one, uh, one day just really concerned, worried that I had, ru- I th- had thought that he ruined Christmas for us as, as children, but that's a whole story for another time. <laughs> but uh, we are going to be, uh, it's, it's funny uh, because, uh, because Christmas is one of those interesting times of year where uh, one of the big questions is, is what are you looking for? Um, and, and sometimes, you know, when we get into the mindset of, of, you know, giving and receiving gifts, we have in our mind, like, the expectation of, oh, I hope that I got fill in the blank, or I hope that she did, or I hope that he did. And Christmas oftentimes comes down to what you're looking for within the season. This morning, this morning, we're going to be diving back into a series of messages that we have been doing over the last couple of weeks called Release the Sound of Joy where we are examining the songs of Christmas. And if you haven't been here for the last two weeks, don't worry. I'm gonna tell you everything that you need to know here, okay? We are not doing a theological deep dive on the, the deeper meanings of, uh, of Jingle Bell Rock or Baby It's Cold Outside. So it's not gonna happen here. Don't worry about it. We are examining, we're examining the, the songs or the expressions of praise that we find in the Christmas narrative surrounding the birth of Jesus. These songs really are an anchoring point for us to remember what we are celebrating, why we're celebrating it, and how that information changes us. But as we begin, I've got a question for you here this morning. Have you ever, or have you ever heard someone say, and now I can die happy? Have you ever had that experience? 
I had, a, I had an experience like that uh, this fall, actually, and it was a super, super whirlwind thing. It was like 24 hours. But after the, the, the dust settled and, and I finally was able to wrap my head around what had just happened, I had one of those moments where I was like, and now I can die happy. Uh, I, had, uh, I had the opportunity, uh, I, was, I was flown out to Seattle, I had the opportunity to visit one of my favorite video game publishers, Bungie Entertainment. And, uh, and I'm gonna have a picture here on the screen. I, I, got to, uh, I get to have lunch with these guys. This is uh, Scott Taylor and Steve uh, Cotton. They are the uh, production director and game director on, on one of my favorite franchises. Uh, great series that, that really outlines the, the battle between light and darkness and uh, does it such a, an incredible job with it. And there was this moment while I was there at Bungie where um, they, were, they were serving us lunch and we're kind of standing around a lobby kind of like, kind of like ours around tables like we have and I'm sitting there with my lunchbox and Steve and Scott walk over and we have lunch together and suddenly I'm best friends with them now uh, because that's that's what happens right you have a meal with me and and we're best friends and so like we're talking about this game that I love and I'm sharing all of my ideas and my thoughts and my observations from what I played in the past and what I experienced that morning and, and it was just a great conversation. And I remember walking away from that going, ah, and now I can die happy. And then I had to explain it to these guys. <laughs> that was a funny moment. <laughs> You'll have to ask Pastor Mark about that uh, sometime, but uh, in the, uh, was it the, the Washington Tacoma Airport, uh, yeah, and I'm walking down the hallway and here comes Pastor Mark and he goes, what? Am I in Minnesota already? How did that happen? How did I miss my flight and suddenly I'm home? It was great, it was great, good, good, good moment. But this morning, this morning, we're gonna be looking at an outpouring of praise from a man who received an unusual promise. He crashed a party and delivered a short but significant and revealing song about the implications of Christmas that gives us the means to die happy. We're gonna be reading together in Luke chapter two, starting in verse 21. It's gonna be on page 832 in the Bible in the pew in front of you, or you can follow along on the screen here. But uh, we're going to go ahead and read again Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 21, going through verse uh, 35. And it says this, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what was said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was, a righteous, he was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law, what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, you, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. It's not particularly a song that you can dance to, but it is important for us to understand a little bit of the context and a little bit of the source material of what's going on here as we look at this passage this morning. This book is written, this, uh, this book here is written by a, a scholarly physician named Luke. We have, we have two books within the Bible that, that are part of his investigative work about the life of Jesus, his birth, and the birth of the early church in the first century. And there are two things that I thoroughly appreciate about Luke's writing. Thing number one is that the Greek that's used in writing this manuscript is one of the finest historical examples that we have of the language. If you are going to study Greek, you will likely study the book of Luke. The other is that Luke has a meticulous attention to details. He was after eyewitness accounts. He was after evidence. This was a scholarly work. This wasn't just random. This wasn't Luke's blog page. Like this was, this was Luke's research about these happenings. And it's because of Luke that we hear about this man, Simeon. And while scholars disagree on exactly who Simeon was, Luke records the essential details. Simeon was a man living in Jerusalem. He was filled with and obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit and God promised him that he would not die until he saw Israel's deliverer. Now, if you missed last week, some of Simeon's story actually mirror, mirrors Zechariah's and John's. They would receive a promise from God that he would deliver on and they would participate in activities that they should have been on the receiving end of. Just as John baptized Jesus, Simeon performed a priestly role within consecrating the baby. The priest's role was always to speak a blessing over the child as they were given their name. And while the naming of a child was significant because there was this belief that a name was a foreshadowing of, of who the child would be or who they would become like, the priestly blessing was instructive. This song, this blessing, however, is more declarative of what would be rather than what was. Simeon's blessing acknowledged an old promise and acknowledges the old way of doing things while ushering in a new order. So what can we learn from the sound of joy released by Simeon? Let's take a look at what we need to die happy what we need to die happy. Letter A is an open door. For generations upon generations, Israel had, been, had had this us versus them mindset. They were God's chosen people. 
They were the right ones. They were clean. Everyone else was outside unclean, yet Simeon had a glimpse of what God was doing as he declared Jesus as both a light to the Gentiles or non-Jewish people and the glory of Israel. God was not diminishing Israel, but he was preparing redemption through all, for all through them. And that, after all, was a part of the promise that God made to Abraham that we touched on a little bit last week. Luke would, would later record one of Jesus' parables or one of his teaching stories in which he likens the kingdom of God to a man preparing a great banquet. The master of the house sends out his servants uh, with invitations, but people made excuses for why they couldn't be there. I'm too busy. There's just not enough time. I have too much to do. The master then did the unthinkable. He invited anyone off of the streets and in the alleys, the poor, the crippled, the blind and lame. And when the house wasn't quite full yet, he sent them further out. He sent the servants out to the, the lanes and the country roads until the house was filled with the celebration. And if there are any John Denver out, fans out there, he, no, he did not send them to West Virginia. Okay, no John Denver fans out there. <laughs> It's all right. I only know this on country roads, but that's, it's all good. But this parable and, and, and Simeon's declaration would have been hard to hear for anyone listening. And it's still hard to hear. We often struggle with the different or the other. But this implication of Christmas is that Jesus has come to provide an invitation for all. God was swinging wider the doors of, of, of restoration and relationship with him outside of Israel. Now, don't mishear me. Jesus is and will always be the means of the invitation. He is and will always be the gate. Well, if there's a gate, how is there an open door? It's a great question. Jesus would warn us in Matthew 7, that there is a wide gate and an equally wide road that leads to destruction, but a narrow gate that leads to life. That gate is narrow because it requires us to go the Jesus way. And it is a difficult way to accept because it's not our way. In teaching through this parable, uh, Tim Keller, a pastor out of, uh, out of New York, describes the wide road and gate leading to restrictive destruction while the narrow gate leads to spacious freedom. Simeon would acknowledge that this path would not be easy or without resistance. Which brings us to the second step. For us to die happy, we need an open door and we need letter B, revelation. Uh, Monday morning this week, Pastor Mark and I were, uh, were talking at the beginning of our staff meeting about uh, enjoying the Christmas season and, and, uh, and some of the interactions that we get to have with, with people, and especially when you're out in public. It seems like there's just like, like this extra measure of, of hospitality and, and cheer that some people can have. And it's, it's, a really, it's a really, really neat to see people have freedom or feel freedom to be able to express those, those things. Um, those moments are great, but... But isn't it true that sometimes that Christmas reveals things that we'd rather not be seen to? 
You ever try to go uh, shopping on Black Friday? Or Christmas Eve? <laughs> that last minute present, everybody's like throwing elbows and you think you're in a mosh pit somewhere and somebody's kicking and, and, and it's just over some like goofy plastic thing too. But Jesus always reveals what's in the heart. You know, the kids' program this morning was a really, really good example of that. We, we, I know that they like lovingly joked around, but don't we just love expedience? Like we really, really love things to be like fast and ready and our way and right away and now we, we like our, our food faster and our internet even faster than that. And when it's not, like we just, we are in a bad space. We're just in a bad, bad space when those things don't happen our way. And in Simeon's time, for the rulers, for the people in power, Jesus was a threat to their power. Simeon would declare to Joseph and Mary that, that Jesus would cause the rise and fall of many in Israel and beyond. He was very, uh, his, his very presence, the very presence of Jesus reveals what's on the inside. And it isn't always pretty and it can be painful even if the pain is to our pride. I have a, a, a small confession for you guys this morning. Um, some, of you, some of you know this, you've been praying for me in the last uh, couple of weeks, but ever since uh, Bailey and I got back from, from Thanksgiving vacation, I've been having some health issues. And, and quite honestly, I've been scared uh, about, about those things. And, and don't worry, it's nothing major. I went to the doctor and got everything checked out, and, and I'm good to go, right as rain. Um, but it took actually going to a physician and revealing what was wrong in order to be able to treat the thing that was wrong with me. The revelation of Jesus always exposes what is wrong, the sin within us, and prescribes the cure repentance. We can only be healed if we admit that there's a sickness to begin with. We can only be mended if we admit that there's something that's broken. And the presence of Jesus and the authority that he commands is a threat to our sinfulness and our selfishness, but this type of revelation in light of his presence means, let her see, heartbreak. Simeon reminds Mary of the one thing that no mother wants to be reminded of their children, that they will experience pain. Having been filled with the Holy Spirit and having been immersed in the scriptures, Simeon knew that salvation was that was promised would come at a fatal price. The prophet Isaiah would describe the brutal treatment of Jesus that would come. Isaiah said that Jesus would be a man of suffering, familiar with pain. He would be pierced, wounded, crushed for you and for me. And in the midst of all of these strange moments of praise to God and thanksgiving for this miraculous baby boy on his eighth day in the world, Mary is reminded of the mission of Jesus. He would not remain her baby forever. 
But Jesus would do this for us. Jesus, the open doorway to a right relationship with the holy God would reveal our deficits and give us a choice which would lead to other choices. We can allow that distance between us and, and, the, uh, and the, the deficit in, in where we are today and the life that God longs for us to, to break our heart and stir change. We, we could choose to ignore it as religious nonsense or we could do nothing but make no mistake. Whichever you choose, you make a choice. And each of those choices involves letter D, rejection. Many would reject Jesus for not living up to their expectations. And Simeon knew that Jesus would upend the order of things at every level. After all, he would illuminate the hearts of people and unveil their thoughts, and people would despise him for it. See, when Jesus stepped into our world, he not only called out the things that were seen, but the unseen too. The great thing about that is that when, when things are revealed, they are, we are no longer ignorant to them. Ignorance is, is kind of a funny thing. It, it just simply means that we don't know something. What we choose to do with the information, what we, with, with, with the information that we gain means that not, not only are we no longer ignorant, but what we choose to do with it either makes us wise or foolish. But make no mistake, each of those choices requires a rejection of something. That is, after all, the definition of repentance. It's turning away from one thing to go in another direction. Perhaps it's the rejection of, of old habits or old patterns of thought, old ways of, of doing things that are holding you back from experiencing peace with God. Perhaps this Christmas, it's rejecting the view of Christmas that you had in the past where everything is just busyness, everything is rushing, where you can embrace the Prince of Peace and the mission of Jesus. Wherever you find yourselves today, know that when we follow this journey, when you walk through the open door, when you accept the heartbreak from Revelation and reject the old way, there is always letter E, reception. There is always reception. Luke would later record a series of stories that Jesus would tell about something of value that was lost. The all-out search to find that thing and the celebration that took place once what was lost was found. At the end of the, each of these stories, Jesus makes a statement about that celebration, about the celebration that takes place in heaven being similar to a shepherd finding a lost sheep, a poor woman finding her lost coin, and a father being reunited with a, with a son who had rejected him. That same celebration takes place when one of us turns away from our sin, when one of us rejects that old way and accepts and walks through the open door of Jesus. There's a there is a sound of joy that is released in heaven for you and for me when that is our story. All of heaven, all of heaven celebrates when we open, when we walk through that open door and follow where it leads. Simeon had been waiting and watching for a lifetime 
He knew what God had promised to Israel and he trusted God's promises. His life was dedicated to knowing Jesus before seeing him face to face and while Jesus came humbly submitted to the mission of God, Simeon found that the only thing that he truly needed was to embrace Jesus. And that is the secret of how to die happy. Let's pray together. And out of respect for your, your neighbors and out of respect for, for God, I, I want to ask you a question this morning and I'd be remiss if we didn't, if we didn't do this here today. Maybe you've never walked through that open door. Maybe you've never taken the Jesus way. And maybe this Christmas, maybe this time, it's time to do that. And so if ever, with every head bowed and every eyes closed this morning, I'm going to pray through something. And I would invite you to join me if, if that's you this morning, if that describes you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I've heard about all you've done for me and it's remarkable. I want to be able to not only die happy but live in peace with you and with people around me. And so Jesus, right now, I confess to you that I can't do that on my own. There's sin in my life and I can't do anything about it, but I know you can. And so Jesus, I want you to be the leader of my life. I want to reject the old way. I want you to take me a new way. Because I heard that you promised life and like life like I've never experienced it before. And so Jesus, I trust you to lead me. I believe you are who you say you are. And I love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. If that was you this morning, I want you to know something, that there is a sound of joy that is just rocking heaven this morning. That there is celebration that's taking place that's so, so good. We're gonna join together in, in song here in closing. If you would stand with me, we are gonna close out with, uh, with joy to the world again here. Just to let you know, inside of every program, there's a connect card. And if you prayed that prayer with Pastor Namian for the very first time, and uh, you want to let us know, you can put your name, you can put whatever information you're comfortable on this card, and put an X in the box in the right-hand corner. Just put an X in there. You can put it in the offering box as you leave. Also, if you have prayer requests or if you are here as a guest for the first time, uh, we'd like to send a thank you letter and a free caribou card. So if you'd like to receive that, you can fill that out and put it in the offering box as well. Um, and uh, that's, uh, don't forget, 
Next Sunday is, is Christmas Sunday, and then Christmas Eve, Carol's by Candlelight, is Christmas Eve at 4 p.m. 4 p.m., just a great time where we just sing a bunch of carols, uh, a short message, by a, a children's story, uh, just an awesome time together as family, very informal. Uh, plan to come invite people. There are a lot of people that will come to uh, Christmas Eve service. They may not feel comfortable coming to a regular Sunday service, but a Christmas Eve service they may. Um, and so want to invite you to do that. Now, <clears throat> before we leave, I just want to say one thing. Um, there was quite a difference between the service last Sunday and the service this Sunday. Can somebody tell me what the difference was? We had, today we had nursery um, covered. We don't have enough nursery attendants or workers to cover all the Sundays. The second Sunday of the month needs to be covered. I'm not saying that to lay a guilt trip. I'm just saying we need some help. Okay, we need we need some help, um, and if and if you if God will speak to your heart about getting involved in that, we do a, a full a nationwide background check for our nursery workers. We do all of that. We want to have a safe environment for our children, and we want to have uh, the availability of nursery for parents so that they can actually concentrate and and their children can be cared for uh, in the nursery. So so if God would speak to you about getting involved in that, please talk to Pastor Damien or me. Um, if you don't want to talk to either one of us, you can call Randy in the office. That would be fine as well. But uh, we, do, we do need some help and, uh, and stepping up on that so that um, God's sending us young families. We have this awesome children's thing. I want to thank Scott and Sheila this morning and the team to doing that. Sheila, back, why don't you stand up? Thank you. Yes. A lot of time and energy and uh, and of course, our, our children's director, Nancy, uh, does an awesome job with those kids. So thank you for standing. So, what a great way, way to start this week. And uh, I want to invite you to stand as we uh, are dismissed with God's blessing. It's benediction. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship and the power of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen.
发